You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 29 West Tolpahawken Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. As much as I loved having a baby and becoming a mother, uh, there were days that I felt kind of stuck. If you've ever been home with an infant, you might know what this feels like. Um, so I want to tell you a story um, about that. But first, I want to tell you that I'm, uh, tonight is all about Pentecost. This, this Sunday is a celebration of the birth of the church, which is known as Pentecost. And uh, the story is recorded in the book of Acts. And I'm going to talk about that, but I, I, I first want to give some stories that illuminate what it looks like for the Spirit of God among us um, and what that might look like and feel like. So um, as I said, when I was home as a new mom with this sweet babe, as much as uh, it was an incredible experience, I always had days of feeling stuck in my own headspace. So do you know what that's like to feel stuck in your own head, even if it's not having to do with a, a, an infant, a t- an entirely de- dependent being. Um, it might look a little differently for you, like when you're just in a bad mood and you can't shake it, or if you're avoiding things that you need to do and you kind of have this vague sense of dread, um, or if you go to sleep at night and the last thought that you think is, I didn't get enough done. And then you wake up in the morning, and the first thought you think is, I didn't sleep enough. That's that's a rut. That's what I'm talking about. Like, everything is not enough. Um, When your inner world is a hard place to be and you're stuck there, that's what I'm thinking about. It can even be this sense of, like, existential dread about the state of the world or the future of the world. Um, It doesn't take much to get there these days, I think. And when, you're, when you feel like that, it can be very lonely. So I definitely still have this experience, but being the mother of an infant, uh, I really felt it a lot. The days seemed long, and my, my life seemed so small. And I, was, I just was lonely. And I remember one day, I was really stuck in my own headspace, and I realized that I needed to get out of the house. I had to physically go out the door to help me break out of this bad place that I was in. So I put her in a wrap, much like the one that Corinne was wearing earlier. So she was all tucked up against me. And uh, I went across the street to the park. I live across the street from Fernhill Park in Germantown. And I realized it was about to storm. And I could see these dark clouds moving in fast, and the wind was picking up. But I was kind of desperate, and I was determined not to turn around. So I walked the perimeter of the whole park, which, if you're familiar with Fernhill Park, it's pretty big. And I got to the top corner along Morris Street and Route 1, and uh, I found myself in the midst of this corridor of huge London plane trees. And I I looked up, I stopped, and I looked up, kind of amazed at the the beauty of it. They were, uh, Steve and I now call this space the Cathedral of Trees. Here's a picture of it so you get a little bit of a sense. 
So I was like right at that back corner by the weeds, and I looked up and realized that these trees were towering over me. They were so high, they were arching over and forming this open green path in front of me. And it felt like a hallowed space in that moment. And just then, like a wild gust of wind whipped through the trees. And right as that happened, my little sleeping baby, who was tucked in close, arched her back and popped her head out of the wrap. And the wind made all of that wispy hair like go crazy. She was still sound asleep, uh, but her whole body seemed alert. And I remember whispering to her, oh, you feel it too. I could sense God's presence with us in that loud rushing wind through the trees and this open green space in front of me. So despite the imminent threat of rain, I walked slowly into the space that the trees made for us. And I'm not sure, that was a long time ago, so I'm not sure I would still remember that moment if I had just moved on. But I told a friend, I wrote about it in my journal, and I told a friend at my cell, Circle of Hope is organized to have a whole life together. We don't just meet on Sundays. This meeting is like an expression of our life together in Christ. And our cells meet throughout the week. And I, I told a friend in cell this whole story, and I shared with her how stuck I was that got me to this point. And talking about it helped me hold on to God's presence. And it, it drew me out of isolation. The gift of God's presence is not just sensational moments among the trees. It, it was in the comforting presence of this community. It was my friends listening to me and then follow, the follow-up movement of support that I got during those difficult days. The Spirit of God is present in the words and the actions of the body of Christ, of the church. And that's, that's what I want to talk about today. God has given us each other, and we are meant to share our lives together and to be in dialogue with each other. Our dialogue helps to knit us together and to draw us out of the places where we're stuck. The loneliness of our looping thoughts and fears or self-condemnation or cynicism or whatever, you fill in the blank. And, and as we talk and act together, the Spirit of God moves. So we organize ourselves, like I said, to be a cell church um, in order to work out how to actually have a life together. And cells are open to anyone who wants to try this out with us. We gather, like I said, throughout the week, usually in people's homes, to be the church together in, in like tangible, relational, face-to-face -face ways. The Holy Spirit moves in our dialogue, and, and revelations do happen. Uh, these past two weeks, it's been us uh, in us trying to discern the direction of the whole church. Circle of Hope is four congregations acting together, over 50 cells all over Philadelphia and South Jersey, and we're each, we're, we're doing this discerning and listening and dialogue together to try to discern how God is leading us to act in this next year. 
because God is alive. God is working in the dialogue of community, and we can attribute that to the Holy Spirit. But maybe, maybe we don't because we're stuck in our own headspace. Maybe we have too much of an inside track to our own doubt or cynicism to, to actually name it. And the way the Bible tells uh, the story of the early church in Acts, it, it just seems so straightforward. It just names it. There isn't much editorializing. We don't actually get a window into everyone's headspace. Uh, Luke, who is the writer of Acts, he he just says things that were happening, like like fantastic things that get told in this matter-of-fact way. He writes, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one space. And suddenly the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in the rest of the book, he goes on through the rest of the book of Acts to make statements like that. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They did this amazing thing that would happen. Or the Spirit prevented them from going here or there. Um, but I think their experience is much like ours. So what is it like when the Spirit of God moves? How do we know? I have three stories to tell you, current, uh, present-day stories, with permission of all of the people. The first one is my friend, Anita. Anita, are you in this room? She's in the back, yes. Anita's hosting, leading our hosting tonight. So if you have any questions, ask Anita. She's, she's got this place running. She's running the show, basically. Um, but she will be the first to admit that she doesn't have all her stuff together. Her candor and her sense of humor are two of the greatest things about Anita. Uh, she hosts one of these cells in her apartment on Tuesday nights, I think, right? Yeah. So the other week, a cell member who hadn't showed up in a while came and admitted that he was struggling. And Anita, in the midst of having a hard week herself, listened and responded with such grace and encouragement and wisdom. I would say she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she pointed to a painting that she keeps on the mantle of her... Um, in her apartment, of a boat in the middle of a storm. Whoops. There it is. She took a picture for me. Uh, and she told them, she told her cell and her friend who was struggling that Mary, who was an, a friend from a previous cell, had given her this picture a few years ago when Anita and her boys were homeless and they were hopping around from place to place. And on the back of that painting... Mary had written a beautiful card and a proverb, one of our proverbs that we say, following the spirit is risky business. Calm seas do not make good sailors. And Anita shared what that meant to her during one of the most difficult times of her life. 
and she offered her encouragement to her cellmate. God is alive. God is working in dialogue in community. And I'm attributing what Anita said to the Holy Spirit. Okay, here's my next story. Uh, this story just happened this week. On Monday night, my friend Megan and I were with uh, leaders from across the whole church um, who plan and lead these Sunday meetings together. And different leaders were getting up and leading us in through examples of things that have worked well in, in their meetings. And Megan told me that by the time Joel had gotten up and finished leading us through this meditation, she was moved to tears. And she, she wasn't even sure why. She reflected in her journal before she went to sleep, and later uh, she and I were talking. And she said she realized that what was happening in her was tied to the conversation that a whole car full of us had on the way to that training and the passage in John chapter 1 that Andrew read earlier in that training, and then the story of Joel slipping on like flower blossoms on his way to work, and the music that he played for us. All of what was happening there aligned in her heart, aligned something in her heart, and she described it later as this. She said, different people authentically sharing what they had to give, created space for something to happen in her that was not contrived or manufactured. She said what they shared was not the light, but it was bearing witness to the light in a way that helped her reach an experience of her own. God is alive. God is working in dialogue, in community. And the environment that Megan experienced was the Holy Spirit working in our dialogue. And my last story. <clears throat> um, my friend Aaron was handing out flyers for this party today. Uh, some of you might be here because he gave you a flyer and an invitation. That's awesome. Uh, but handing out flyers is not for the faint of heart, let me tell you. First of all, we all get enough advertisements in our mail and tucked on our windshield or in our inbox that another flyer can just seem like junk mail. And then inviting people who we don't know or we barely know, or maybe perhaps um, more uncomfortable people we do know, can be so weird. People have all kinds of past experiences with the church or, or even just observations from afar. And they have reason. There are reasons people are claiming no religion at all, but, but maintaining some spirituality for themselves. When professing, professing Christians, uh, and very public ones at that, cannot follow Jesus and his teaching to love our enemies, to welcome the stranger, to forgive one another, to bring peace into violence. I think it's easy to lose hope that, that anything else is possible. So it takes some real courage to hand out flyers. 
And Aaron wrote to me afterwards saying that he felt some of that trepidation. And, um, but then this last week in our meeting, our development pastor was giving a talk that was helpful to him, plus something I had written, plus some grace for himself, and others cleared the way through that trepidation. And he walked up and down his block with his kids and talking to his neighbors and inviting people to the party. I think in that spirit, people can receive our good intentions and the message that they are worthy of an invitation. But our confidence does not come from our confidence. And our courage does not come from our courage. And the, and the places that we inhabit are not ours. It's all God's. And God is alive. God is working in dialogue, in community. And I'm attributing what's hap what happened in Aaron to the Holy Spirit. But you might doubt me. That's okay. I doubt myself sometimes too. There, there is something to the idea that faith is choosing. There could always be other explanations or interpretations of what happened. We dismiss what we think might have been the Spirit of God because maybe we can't access that feeling again the next morning. Uh, we might even scoff at ourselves for being dramatic. But what if we trusted that the Holy Spirit is moving and that something from God is happening? The story of the Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost began with the disciples looking and waiting. They were alone. Jesus had left them and told them that he would not leave them alone, but he would send the counselor, the comforter, and they were supposed to wait in Jerusalem for this. And in Acts chapter 2, when there was the sound of the rushing wind and the tongues of fire of the Holy Spirit filled them, they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. And there were Jews in Jerusalem from all surrounding nations, and they gathered when they heard this sound. A crowd gathered to see what was going on. I don't know about you on your block, but whenever something unusual is going on, there's always a crowd that gathers. So they gathered... Um, in bewilderment, because each one of them heard someone speaking in their own language. And people were trying to make sense of this. And it says, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what, what does this mean? This very personal thing, hearing someone speak to them in their own language, is a very connecting, miraculous thing happens, and then the people are trying to make sense of it. And some people are the cynical ones, and I think we probably all know them. Maybe, maybe that's us, too. They said, they're obviously drunk. Nothing else explains this. And Peter gets up. He, he like, responds in confidence and faith with inspiration from the Spirit. And, and by the way, he's not alone. It says that he stands up with the 11, the other disciples. I think it's so much easier to stand 
up when we know people have our back. And he says, these people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken about by the prophet Joel. And then he quotes some prophets, and he shows that Jesus is even better than David because he did not ascend into heaven. And then he concludes, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. So how did Peter come to the conclusion that this was it? There was no report of God saying, this is the comforter. There was fire, there was noise, there was other languages. This is not what I would imagine the comforter to look like. There was no time frame or no frame of reference for this event, but they believed. And it was the first time anything had ever happened like this. But the disciples made the connection. They had received the promise. Jesus had told them to wait for it. And they applied the promise to this experience. So they waited and they decided, this is it. So can you, can you see the connection between the stories I'm telling and this story? No, we're not drunk. You could explain my stories about the Holy Spirit revealing new things to us in communal dialogue, like we're drunk, or maybe overly optimistic or naive, or just like way too Christian or something like that. But you don't have to. If you are at all inclined to attribute something that happened to the Holy Spirit, go with it. Don't let your cynicism or someone else's questions dissuade you. I think you could pass by the experience and probably forget about it. But if we pay attention and we look and we wait for the promise that Jesus is with us, it's a lot easier to receive. It's a lot easier to see when we look together for how the spirit moves. Waiting for others and checking your experiences is a good way to discern and to decide. And if you want more, ask for more. Test it out with others to see how your spiritual senses are, are being tuned. God is alive. God is working in dialogue in community. And we can attribute this to the Holy Spirit. So where did Peter come up with all the stuff in his sermon that he gave in the rest of the Acts chapter 2 about Joel and David? It, it was this creative, faith-filled speech. He went with brand new interpretations of very old stories old stories that had culturally settled conclusions. I think we can do that too. That's, that's what I've done with what I'm seeing in our community through Anita, through Molly, through Aaron. Someone might have conclusions that could explain everything I told you in a different way. But, but we are invited every day into, to enter every day with a posture of anticipation. anticipation alert to how the promise will be fulfilled 
and how the Spirit will enable us to bring transformation to the world. And we can't predict how that's going to happen, but we can expect it to happen and cooperate when the Spirit moves among us. And, and the miracle, the sign that we get, is that we're actually talking about our real lives, because who does that anyway? It is strange. We are connecting and listening to each other. This is kind of like talking in tongues. Are we drunk? No. We're getting unstuck, right? We're, we're, we're more than our own smallness. We're more than just our own stuff. Praise God. God is making of us a people who have the fire it takes to live in practical ways that cooperate with God to resist and restore. God is alive. God is working in dialogue in community. And we attribute this to the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for us. God, thank you that you have not left us alone. We do need each other to keep working it out, to keep testing out our faith and developing our spiritual senses. Help us to pay attention to what stirs in us, what we hear through the church, through the body, so that we can move together and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's time to talk back. This is a regular part of our meeting because we are, um, we're trusting that the Holy Spirit is moving here among you too. So maybe you have a story to add or a question or uh, just something that stood out to you. Haisa. You got to pay attention when it's showing up in lots of places. That's good. 
Anybody else? Yeah, Joel. Um, I like the, the spirit being expressed in wind. The wind's always about moving. And the story about the, the people of trees reminds me there's a there's a spot on a different spot on my walk to work. I spend a lot of time walking to work. Uh, I'm Joel, so uh, Larry. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.